Okay, so you heard from the coach. We need he needs to get to work, so let's hustle. So welcome to this episode of Coach and Chaos. I'm Shari Reynolds, and with me I have the one and only Jeff Reynolds. And I tried and tried and tried to do this podcast by myself today. It's on marriage, and I failed miserably. And I realized, you know what? I can't do this without without my husband. And so I pulled him up out of bed and we are now sitting on the floor of our closet where we have the bathroom door locked and we have it all nice and quiet that we aren't going to have children come knock on our door or or ask for things or whatever, we hope. So we're gonna take a stab at this two for Tuesday. (laughs) It happens to be Tuesday. (laughs) I thought that was Taco Tuesday. (laughs) Well, it could be Taco Tuesday. Okay, so this is my husband, Jeff Reynolds. Jeff, say hello. Hello. And it is my hope that we can share our testimony to our children, but ultimately if there is someone who is struggling or searching and we can make a difference in someone's life today or maybe in their marriage as uh, they go throughout their experiences and what they have going on in their lives right now, that maybe we can illuminate and help them on their way. So I hope you said a little prayer before you started this because we forgot to pray together. So in your mind, say a little prayer. Anyway, um, I was really impressed with your post yesterday. This post right here. Will you read that? Uh, when a team of any kind, including a family, is struggling, uh, look under the hood for one of these issues. Trust issues, dysfunctional environment, or selfishness. That was a, a tweet by former University of Utah football coach and Ohio State football coach Urban Meyer. And then uh, my follow-up thought to that was it's likely uh, that the source of the struggle will have something to do with one or more of those issues. And the key is knowing how to recognize, address, and solve those issues. So because of your post yesterday and in reading Come Follow Me right now in Ether, I just felt so prompted to, to focus on marriage. And like I said, I tried doing it on my own and it wasn't working out. And so I stopped for a minute and scrolled through Facebook to kind of clear the palette a little bit. And I came across someone else's post. And I loved this. He is a, um, a man that was declaring to the world that his marriage had failed. And he said, somewhere along the way, we stopped celebrating each other. Instead, just tolerated each other. He said, as the patriarch in my family, I should have recognized this and fixed it years ago. So here's my advice. Find someone that celebrates you, not just tolerates you, and never, ever stop celebrating with your companion. Celebrate little victories at work, celebrate little victories at home, celebrate little victories that we know that are important to our spouse. I think the world would see much less divorce if we all stopped tolerating each other and started really celebrating each other. And so I I loved that because after 30 years of marriage, I had to question, do I celebrate my husband enough? Do I tolerate him? I definitely tolerate him. And I think he does a good job tolerating me. He does an excellent job actually tolerating his chaotic wife. And I am so grateful to him for that. But I realized as I was reading through Ether that the entire book of Ether can, all of it, all of the stories, all of the sorrows, all of the joys can be related back to marriage. And, but I loved this, this especially in Ether 8 verse 26. 
Wherefore, I, Moroni, am commanded to write these things, that evil may be done away, and that the time may come that Satan may have no power upon the hearts of the children of men, but that they may be persuaded to do good continually, that they may come unto the mountain of all righteousness and be saved. Actually, the word is fountain, but mountain works. See that right there? Oh, well. So I need new glasses. I, I love this because this relates right back to marriage that that as we pursue our Father in Heaven that we conceive our marriage and that all evil within a marriage can be done away with. And as we come together in righteousness, we can be persuaded to always do good continually with one another and be saved. And the conference talk, Marriage, Watch and Learn, I was thinking about marriage and there wasn't a conference talk that was assigned today regarding marriage, but I remembered this one by Elder Clayton, Whitney L. Clayton, and it's from April 2013. And he says, the happiest marriages consider their relationship to be a pearl beyond price and of infinite worth. They leave their fathers and mothers and together build a marriage that will prosper for eternity and they walk a divinely ordained path. And I was thinking about the marriage that I came from and the marriage that Jeff came from. And sadly, what do you what do you think of those marriages, dude? They were a great example of what not to do. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely of what not to do. And so basically, Jeff and I started our marriage with absolutely no blueprints. We started at ground zero, trying to figure it out as we went along the way. And as I read and listened to Watch and Learn, this conference talk, there's many things that we do right, and there's many things that we've neglected. But the one thing that we definitely do right is, as he says, successful eternal marriages are built on the foundation of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and adherence to his teachings. He says, I have observed that couples who have made their marriages priceless practice the patterns of faith. And what to you, what, do, what does that mean to you to practice the patterns of faith? I know what it means to me. This is one of, uh, faith is one of the core values that we teach um, our volleyball team. And there's obviously a, a religious or a spiritual element to faith, but one of the aspects of faith that we talk to our team about is having faith in each other, um, knowing that as teammates, we're kind of a pseudo family, if you will, and there's relationships within the team that that require faith, whether it's on the court or off the court. We talk about, um, you know, believing in each other and celebrating with each other and helping each other and trusting each other and knowing that um, in any and all situations, we have each other's back. And, um, and, and we talk about how this also translates to real life and many of these young people are dating and um, we have a young lady on our team right now that's engaged and we've had several uh, over the past few years get married and things and um, you know it's that's one of the basis uh, foundational elements to a marriage or a family relationship is that there's faith a belief in each other um, 
in addition to the spiritual elements, having faith in the Savior and and in our Father in heaven and and promised blessings and uh, covenants from the temple and things like that, but even more so on a daily basis, just faith in each other. Um, that you know, faith that I'm uh, exercising fidelity in every aspect of our marriage or f- financial faith or. Uh, faith that uh, as we scroll social media that we're we're being faithful to each other and and there's there's all there's a bunch of aspects of faith that apply in a marriage and so as um, elder Clayton says to help build that pattern of faith and along all of those same lines to have uh, total faith in one another he says to always attend sacrament meeting and to hold family home evening and pray and study the scriptures together and as individuals and to pay an honest tithing. And that this quest is, is a mutual a mutual goal that we work on those things together. And so as our kids have gotten older and we have three out of the house and three teenage girls and we've become increasingly busy and Jeff just finishing up his master's, one of the things on his list was family home evening and we've just in recent months even have begun to neglect that. Thankfully, we have made sure that we attend sacrament meeting as much as we are allowed to right now through Zoom and in person. And prayer is what we strive to do each day. And it's our goal to do it morning and night. And we don't always get that in either. But these things, you know, we're not we're not perfect, but these things are very important to us. And we have a mutual quest to be obedient and good. And faith is the foundation of every virtue that strengthens marriage, Elder Clayton says. Strengthening faith strengthens marriage. Faith grows as we keep the commandments and do so, the harmony and joy in marriage is realized. Thus, keeping the commandments is fundamental to establishing a strong eternal marriage. And for some reason, as I was just now reading this, I miss the temple. Don't you miss the temple? I'm shaking my head, but then I realized we're re- being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we miss the yes. temple. One thing I love in the being in the temple with my husband is I am always in the chapel first. I don't know how, but I always beat him to the chapel. And as I'm sitting there in the chapel and I'm waiting for him, here he comes around the corner and down the aisle towards me. And I look up and there he comes all dressed in white. And my heart does a little leap for joy as there is my companion. And I am so, so grateful. Is that true? That is, that is really true, dude. That's neat. That I look for you in the, in the chapel at the temple. And I think that there might actually be a day where we are separated in, in this life through death. And there might be a day that we experience that very, that very thing that, that we look for each other after this life and you'll have your hair back. (laughs) I don't want my hair back. (laughs) You'll definitely have your hair back though. So what I love about the, about ether though, is that we can, we can relate all of, all of ether to marriages, but in ether, um, eight verse four or ether six verse four, they, they gathered out everything, they prepared everything, their water, food, flocks, whatever beast or animal or fowl that they should carry with them. And when they got everything together, 
they stepped into the barge, just like we step into marriage. And it says, they commended themselves unto the Lord, their God. So what might the barges represent to us? To me, in this, it represents that I've stepped into this barge and come hell or high water, haha. The winds that blow, the, the tempests rage, and the storms that cause high seas, regardless of how deeply we become buried in the sea of our marriage, we've commended ourselves to the Lord. And we are together seeking that promised land. The um, other interesting thing about comparing marriage to a barge is um, the the there's within the barge you know it's it's dark and I would suppose it's damp and I, you know, stinky the, stinky and <laughs> unpleasant and things like that but um, the thing that always strikes me about that story is is the brother Jared and and uh, seeing the hand of the Lord or the finger of the Lord touching the stones and having that little source of light inside that barge. So having a source of light within a marriage is, you know, is the gospel and um, the scriptures or uh, the blessings from our Father in heaven or the atonement of the Savior. What, whatever that source of light might be, it's necessary to, to absolutely have that source of light. And that goes back to the, the principle of faith. It does. Um we aren't necessarily going to have a physical stone per se, but we are going to definitely have stones within our life that we need to have illuminated. And um, sometimes there's stones within our marriage, you know, hard hearts. And that's where humility comes in. And humility, as Elder Clayton says, is the essence of repentance. It is selfless, not selfish. Um, To have regular, honest self-examination and promptly take needed steps to repent and improve upon ourselves. Repentance helps to restore and maintain harmony and peace. And it brings about the humility that is absolutely needed within a relationship. It doesn't demand its own way or speak with moral superiority. Instead, humility answers softly and listens kindly for understanding, not vindication. Humility recognizes that no one can change someone else, but with faith and effort and the help of God, we can undergo our own transformation. And I'm certainly grateful for the blessing of repentance that keeps us humble. Um, In chapter 10 of Ether, Shez began to build up again a broken people. And in verse 2, it says, And it came to pass that Shez did remember the destruction of his fathers, and he did build up a righteous kingdom. For he remembered what the Lord had done in bringing Jared and his brother across the deep. And he did walk in paths of righteousness. Therefore, blessed are they who humble themselves without being compelled to be humble. Or rather, in other words, blessed is he that believeth in the word of God and is baptized without stubbornness of heart, yea, without being brought to know the word or even compelled to know before they will believe. 
I'm certainly grateful for all the opportunities that we've had throughout our marriage that have brought us to this point right here where we can be on the floor of our closet <laughs> discussing marriage and in reading and reviewing this conference talk. I want to go back and, and review that again and, and discuss it, the things that we need to we need to correct and improve upon. Experiencing the mighty change of heart causes us to treat others, especially our spouses, with meekness. And he says that humility means that both husband and wives seek to bless, help, and lift each other, putting each other first in every direction of their lives and in every decision. Repentance and humility build happy marriages. And I'm, I'm really grateful that through trial and error that we have come to make decisions together unanimously and we act as a full participant. I have learned myself that when I go forward with something that Jeff has said, no, I don't feel right about that. It fails. It has failed every single time. And you would think I would have learned the first time that I had that experience, but um, sometimes I think, oh, he's, he's just he's just tired right now or he's just busy right now and he's not even given it real thought but I know that this is okay this is fine we'll go through with this and without fail if he has said I don't feel right about this and I have gone through with it regardless of what it is big or small it has failed and it hasn't been right and I've had to apologize I'm sorry I didn't listen but um, Elder Clayton says that marriages are based on cooperation not not negotiation and that dinner hour and family time that follows become the center of their day and the object of their best efforts. He doesn't even talk about behaving in sacrament as our best effort. He talks about behind closed doors and around the family table that we behave in our, at that time in our best effort. They turn off electronics and forego personal entertainment in order to help with household duties. To the extent possible, they read with their children every night and both participate in putting little ones to bed they retired to their bed together and sometimes that's so hard when we have different schedules but as our duties and circumstances permit husbands and wives work side by side in doing the most important work there is the work we do in our homes and I'm really really grateful for your loyalty and that to me is the greatest form of respect Prophets teach that successful marriage partners are fiercely loyal to each other. They keep their social media use fully, wor- fully worthy in every way. And also in Ether, it talks about secret combinations. Um, we don't have any secrets between us. And Jeff can freely, I can hand my phone to him and he likewise. And I don't worry about him stumbling upon something that's in question, not at all not in any shape or form and I took his phone and said here I need you to listen to this conference talk and review this with me and do this podcast with me and I picked up his phone and I put in his password really quick and didn't even blink an eye I know the password and I can make my way through his phone and there's not a question about anything that he has on it and I'm super super grateful about that I don't ever know your password though. I have to change you, it. You change, you change it every keep, day to keep the kids off your phone. <laughs> yes, yes. I should probably let you know that or put your fingerprint on my phone or something. Uh, I'm not even worried about that. But 
It says, you know, what is a secret combination? When people conspire to, to keep their wicked acts secret, they are involved in secret combination. They are motivated by the desire for power or riches or just flat out evil. And all through Ether and all throughout the Book of Mormon, it talks about about secret combinations and ultimately that's what destroyed an entire nation it destroyed the Jaredites destroyed um, the Nephites ultimately and that's what destroys marriages when there's wickedness when there's secrets going on and so as he says it's it's extremely loyal to be extremely important to be fiercely loyal and he says in closing that of course the most important thing between marriage is love. The happiest marriages I have seen radiate obedience to one of the happiest commandments that we live together in love. Speaking to husbands, the Lord commanded, Thou shalt love thy wife with all thy heart and shalt, shalt cleave unto her and none else. And the church handbook teaches that the word cleave means to be completely devoted and faithful to someone. And serving and loving each other by keeping covenants in complete fidelity one another and to God. I am I am very very grateful for the marriage that we have and after 30 years of lots of trial and error and lots of joys and lots of heartbreak that again like I said we're sitting here together discussing marriage and that I could pull you up out of bed and say, help me with my podcast. And this isn't something that he particularly enjoys doing, <laughs> but here we are. And in closing, I want to share this one last little scripture. But behold, he did deliver themselves because they did humble themselves before him. But behold, he did deliver them because they did humble themselves before him. And because they cried mightily unto him, he did deliver them both out of bondage and thus doth the Lord work with his power in all cases among the children of men, extending the arm of mercy. And so we have definitely seen the arm of mercy and we've come to have a favorite scripture between us in D&C 123. And I said that I was going to close with that last scripture, but this came to my mind. And I just want to really close with our favorite scripture. Will you please read that? I will. Therefore, dearly beloved brethren, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power. And then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. Yep, as we've waited for answers, as we've prayed and sought out direction, and as we've been in bondage from one thing or another, from selling a house or watching our children make stupid decisions. Or us making Or making stupid. us us making stupid decisions. <laughs> Let's keep it real here, right? Yep. That ultimately we have come together and we've stood still. And my husband has to remind me to be cheerful. Cheerful. That's the key to this whole thing is just to remain cheerful for sure. And as we have looked back over all of these years, can you think of a time where the Lord's arm had not been revealed? I can't think of a time where I can think of many times where 
either myself or you or together or whatever we tried to do it by ourselves you know we put faith aside and we put our faith in ourselves and neglected to